This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Your plans? Today it's dinner with the parents at your spot. We gotta come back here. Now, their spot. Or you're on the edge of your seat at the game. Come on, just one time. And it's the one. Or maybe you're catching the next flight to... Now boarding flight 1850. Oh, that's you. The choice is yours. And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Didn't happen in 49, 61, 63 or 69 when they reached the final. But the class of 2021 have delivered. Leicester City are FA Cup winners at last. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV. For all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels. For the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on you foxes! The Leicester Till I Die shop is now open. For all your Leicester Till I Die merchandise, visit the Leicester Till I Die shop at our website. They have blown their rivals away. They have blown us all away in truth. Premier League champions 2016. The amazing Leicester City. How are we doing? How the devil are we all? I'll tell you what, I'm feeling a bit better now. Uh, I mean, yes, it was Randers. Yes, it was Danes. But you can only beat the team that you're out and playing. And we couldn't do that with Nottingham Forest. So, you know, who <laughs> are division below us. So we'll take it. We'll take it. 4-1 is the tie over. You'd like to think so, but of course... Three words. This is Leicester. So let's not take anything for granted. It is Leicester Till I Die TV. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash the likes. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't. It helps the channel out. And if you're listening on Catch Up on Amazon, Apple, Google, 
Spotify, Podcast Addict, and any other podcast platform. Thank you very much for listening. This is where you can find us. on your favourite podcast platform or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. Indeed, I'm going to say good evening to Mike. Welcome along. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we haven't had any of your Chinese or my Chinese friends in yet, but the night is young. I'm sure we will before the end of the evening. Thanks for joining us, mate. Um, it is. I'm, I know I'm being silly here because we've had we've had more false dawns than a Tinder dating app, haven't we? Really, with Man United and all the Liverpool. But I just got a feeling about this one. A couple of days ago, I thought Wolves might uh, get revenge. I think we could do the double. What do you reckon? Good evening, Scott. How the devil are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Chris. How are you, mate? Yeah, not so bad, not so bad. Um, I'd like to say we were late because of gremlins. I think we were more late from a red bottom, but we won't go into that. <laughs> <laughs> I was on time, so anybody that's watching, <laughs> I'll let you make your own <laughs> make your own conclusions from that. Um, just quickly, I mean, 4-1, um, in the end, it was convincing, but at half-time, it wasn't, was it? No, it wasn't, to be honest. Um, at half-time, I fell asleep, so about 20 minutes into the second half, I started watching again. Yes. Um, it, it was just one of those that, uh, to me, at half-time, I thought, that's it, you know, might get 2-1, that's about it. Yeah. I think he is getting the scoreline that we got, which, you know, thankfully... We did get that to give us a cushion into the next leg. Yes. I mean, it, it that second half, I mean, it was like Leicester of the last couple of seasons, wasn't it? And like I said, I know you can't go too mad because you can only say it's Randers, but, you know, Wickham Wanderers, Newport, like I say, Nottingham Forest. And let's face it, Spurs had a little bit of a wake-up call uh, against a, a really small team. So the fact that we're going 4-1... We needed that, didn't we, to take that into the next leg? Oh, yeah, definitely. It was one of those that, um, you know, it, it would have been nice to go in a bit more comfortably, especially mm. with some of the, the attacking... Um, well, some of the attacks that we created in the first half. Yeah. Um, to, to go into the, the second half with a bit more of a cushion would have been lovely, but... At the end of the day, 4-1, can't grumble, you know, onto a second leg now. I don't think you're quite old enough to remember this, but there was a certain game that England played, and so Alf Ramsey was manager, and I think it was 1973, and it was a qualification match for the World Cup against Poland, and uh, we basically couldn't get anything past their goalkeeper at all, and we ended up, uh, I think it was a draw, or it wasn't enough for us to actually qualify, and it was the one where Nigel, uh, not Nigel, Brian Clough called their goalkeeper a clown, but he performed heroics, and it reminded me so much last night. Man of the match is probably, you could say, their goalkeeper, and that sort of says it all, oh, 24 shots to four. He was stopping everything, well, apart from the four goals, of course, he was stopping everything, wasn't he? It was, yeah, it was absolutely, that, you know, you cannot... Uh, cannot praise that goalkeeper enough no. because at the end of the day, we, we could have easily been 8-9-1. Yeah. Um, the, the one that got me was, I think it was in the first half, at Harvey Barnes. Was it Harvey Barnes? Um, well, he caught it with his foot. And, yeah, yeah. I think that was, that was KDH, I think, wasn't it? I don't know. I, I think I could, it was, I, yeah. I, yeah. I remember, I remember yeah. it just being caught by the keeper's foot, and I thought, yeah. we're going to be in for a hard slog yeah. here. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I agree. You thought it was like maybe one of those nights, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was very Casper-esque, wasn't it? Definitely. You know, but we're through. We've got to worry about that till next week. We can maybe sort of take it a little bit easy, maybe change the squad round a bit. Um, it got quite a strong sort of team out there. The form of Barnes continues to... I don't know why Luke Thomas wasn't in. Is he not in the squad or something? And, and KDH... They, I'm not worried. I mean, if Tillerman goes, I think if we, in, K, in in Kieran Jewsby Hall, I'm not saying he's the perfect replacement, but we don't need to go out and spend millions and millions, do we? I don't think we do. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd love to keep Tillemans at the end of, of course. Yeah. Um, but like you say, I think with Kieran Jewsby Hall coming into the fold now, it is starting to take the game by the scruff of the neck. And it, to be honest, he's, he's causing a lot more problems for the opposition than what the likes of Madison and Fippin Tillemans have done um, yes. since he's come into the, into the team. Indeed. But like I say, we, we've got, um, we have got um, Wolves coming up, but we've had some good news um, today. Um and t- talking of good news, and I'm sure that was just purely accidental. As soon as I said that, um, Jesus Christ popped up. Yeah, Jesus shines his light on you, good feet, folk. How are you both? I am well, I do that. Yeah. I think I'm not covering your face up with the with the logos. Then, um, yeah, definitely, mate. Uh, j- but... Just a quick one on Tillemans. Uh, maybe I'm speaking in very hopeful tones here, but uh, I think. Uh, Tellemans is maybe getting a bit more extra fire in his belly. He seems to appreciate the uh, challenge of Dewsbury Hall, trying to get in between him and Madison uh, for a first team. Well, maybe maybe, maybe Tillemans doesn't think his job's done quite at Leicester yet. Maybe he wants to make sure he stays top dog, or at least leave top dog of that midfield. Who, who, who knows? Maybe he feels he's got a challenge still to take take. Uh, Maybe, maybe, maybe we're grabbing at straws a little bit, but let's maybe be honest with you. Maybe we'll we'll, we'll maybe take anything. Doing... We'll take anything, won't yeah. we? You know. But yeah. Maybe I'm grabbing at straws, and maybe maybe Celtic can't be a team that can't make up the, the, their team name. Who knows? One of them. <laughs> Indeed. I know that Well, we're gonna we'll come to um, you first with this one, Scott. But great news. Ricardo is signed a new deal until 2026. I mean, obviously, that is no guarantee that he's going to stay. Um, but it, it's good news the fact that we've got him tied down. Hopefully, we've put a you know minimum escape clause in there. And it just shows because if you read the papers, we're losing every player as usual with Leicester City, but he's a great one to hold on to. Yeah, he is. He's a solid uh, defender, straight wing back. And to have him on for uh, an extended contract is fun, uh, fantastic for the club. Um, you know, he, he can defend as well as push forward. And like I say, to, to have him on for a bit longer is only going to reap the rewards for the actual club itself. Yeah. I mean, Brad, I mean, that's not going to have an effect on Tillemans or say straw grabbing at again myself <laughs> it, it, you know, he, he may look at it and think well hang on a second well yeah I mean maybe I mean first of all I mean that's that's added to the news that kind of got swept on the rug at the start of January which was that obviously JJ had signed an extended yes. contract as well so that's James Justin, Ricardo Pereira Kieran Dewsbury Hall uh, that's not bad. We've got three players for next season, then. Well, yeah, we side league, can't we? Yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll be all right then, won't we? But yeah, you never know. I mean, you, you, I saw his entire interview on 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 the website itself, and you know, he still speaks of that unity, and he still speaks that even players from the past. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I'm sure you do, and I'm sure people listen to. They follow Christian Fuchs. He's always showing his love and appreciation for our club. So it shows yeah. that. This club leaves a lasting effect on people, and maybe Tillman's, you know, clutch at the straws. But even if he doesn't, you've got the feeling that he'll always be fondly remembered at Leicester, and he will fondly remember us. So, either way, we either enjoy it for the rest of the season, or we're clutching at the straws, and maybe a miracle happens, and yeah. Tillman signs maybe a maybe a two year deal. 
yeah. with a buyout clause or something to give us the commitment yeah. and tell them if he's going to be yeah. elsewhere, we've got a price. Yeah. Who knows? Don't worry, we'll keep you up, Lester, but give you a way out if you want. Mike Green says Ricardo has dropped off a bit since his injury. Um, they all have. Everybody that's just oh. come back has, you know. But he looked we, good last night. I'll give him that. We had, yeah, we had that. We had that problem. Uh, I mean, I, funnily enough, I'm on. Uh, I'm on um, Talk Sports Sunday morning, eleven forty-five, and the show that I'm on. They always used to joke at me about Christian Fuchs that. You mentioned him there that he kept signing those one-year extensions. He said, "Like, are you ever going to let him go?" And I said, "Like, we are the Hotel California of the Premier League. Once you sign in, that's it. You don't yeah. go. You never leave." Um, for me, I mean, we will go into walls in a second, but Scott, I mean, I, I don't, I don't get this with people saying all about loyalty. I mean, he's not a Leicester player. He doesn't owe Leicester anything. He, you know, he came on. He came on uh, a loan. He turned down bigger clubs to stay with us the first time. He wants to play Champions League football. He is, you know, the uh, a mainstay of the best international team in the world at the moment. He, you know, I kind of say thank you very much. Good luck. Yeah, I can't disagree with you, Chris. At the end of the day, you know what Tillemans has brought to the party and brought to the the team itself and, you know, the contributions that he's made throughout the, the time that he's been with us, whether it's been on loan or on a permanent. Um, it, we've achieved so much with him. Um, so for him to, if he did decide that, you know, well, a club came in and it met our asking price, whatever it is sort of thing, and he did decide, you know, time's gone and, you know, I need to move on for my career or whatever else, I'll quite happily wave him goodbye and say thank you very much. You've been a credit to the club. I mean, Brad, I mean, my noise with some of the players when they've left, it was like, like Kante. I mean, as good as he was, and if he was in here now, I'd have his babies. Absolutely brilliant player. Of course he is. But he couldn't wait to leave. And it took him a while to turn around and say thank you. But... Tillemans is giving it his all, isn't he? He's not giving up. He, he's putting in... Yeah. Yes, he's he's having bad performances, of course. Not saying he's, he's not going to, but generally speaking, you know, he still does that, you know, the hearts, that, you know, when he gets a goal or something. So, yeah, he, he, he's doing it the right way, really. Yeah, he is. And look, you know, obviously every Leicester fan out there would have loved Tillemans to commit a 10-year contract to Leicester and honour it all the way through and he ends his career here. Every club wants a player like that to be at their yeah. club for as long as possible. You know, no doubt, and I'm not comparing him in levels of, of ability or talent, but I'm making just a comparison here. It's like Aguero when he left Man City. You hardly got to the point with Aguero where you felt he was always going to see his career out. And I know, unfortunately, what happened with Aguero, yeah. it's very sad that that happened. But the point is that you always thought he would see his career out then at that point at Man City, but he never had even though he had a lot of love and cherished memories of Man City, clearly, um, he obviously had aspiration to play for a team like Barcelona, obviously. So that's why he made the move. And obviously he felt with Pep, he wasn't going to get the time in the Premier League. He wanted one last crack probably to be a main man. We've seen with the likes of Suarez and Messi, etc. in that division, that they're not afraid to put a 30-odd-year-old up front mm. to, to do it. So... You know, you kind of get that with Tillemans. Obviously, he's a lot younger, but it's very rare you get a player that leaves your club in the right way that, like I said, leaves you feeling that he's going to leave this club with only fond memories of it. There's not going to be no sour aftertaste. There's not going to yeah. be no snide digs like a certain Mr. Chilwell yeah. did. He's leaving us no... in a better place than when, when yeah. he took us over. But, yeah. Uh, I want to move on to this, um, and again, I'll come back to you first, um, Scott, but Rogers today, he says he's nowhere near finished at Leicester. Uh, Leicester boss Brendan Rogers said he's loved every second of his time at Leicester and that he's on a journey that is nowhere near finished. Uh, Rogers have been charged of the Foxes since February 19, leading them to successive fifth-place finishes and winning the FA Cup. Um, this season, however, has been more challenging with Leicester currently in 11th position and 10 points off the European spot. I mean, I put out a thing earlier, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that uh, it's funny how fickle football fans are. 
this time last year, and I think you may have said this as well, Brad, this time last year, fans were going mad. He's not going to Man United. How dare they come out? Get their own managers. Blah, blah, blah. Now it's, God, we want to get rid of Rodgers. We want to get rid of Rodgers. I mean, Scott, I don't know if you're a, you're a Brendan in or a Brendan out or a Brendan shake it all about, but I read that and I'm really happy that he's coming out and saying that. Um, I'm sitting on the fence. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, Brendan has done amazing while he's been here. Yeah? Um, we, you know, we've had our ups, we've had our downs with him. Highlights, FA Cup, lows, you know, just recently sort of thing. Um, but you've got to take into consideration that he, he's had a lot of injuries that he's had yeah. to deal with over these periods um, where we haven't done so well. So, you know, when you take that into consideration... Is it really worth that him coming out, or you know, do we hold on to him? Mm. Uh, said, go on. Sorry, he said, Brad. Progress isn't always linear. There's going to be fits and starts, um, and that, and that's very true. And you know, everybody says, well, it's his third season syndrome. But has anybody given him that fourth season? I mean, we touched on the other night. You know, he maybe yeah. needs to rebuild the squad. As Fergie did at um, at Man United, he had three or four different squads within his time there. All of us knew what that did well, so maybe there is yeah. some rebuilding he's doing. But as you know, I'm a Brendan in, and I'll be the first. I mean, I called him after the West Ham game. You know, Brendan Bellend for making that last minute, you know, <laughs> substitution. But it is a long term plan. But get somebody else in now, and, and I don't know who's better out there. That would come to us, and that is the big thing. That you know, you can say, "Oh, what about Den Haag? He ain't going to come to us in a month or Sundays." I'm sorry. No, but, um, you know. we have seen what happens when a manager comes for a big offer for a wage. His name sounds like Paolo Ancelotti. Mm. Yeah, I think it's his brother. Actually, yeah, it's his brother. Yeah, pa- pa- Pablo's brother. Um, but it's- yeah, I mean, I'm in agreement, and. and Look, I never, I still don't like the fact that um, Rogers has come out and said that we have been punching above our weight and overachieving. I think even if you believe that yourself, that's something you keep out of the public eye, you keep it out of the dressing room, and you don't let your players get that feeling. So I think that I think that maybe that did also have an adverse effect mm-hmm. over a period of our football. Maybe the lads doubted their own ability to perform at that level and and, and maybe fell into that. Trap. Um, I I don't think the call for Brendan to be out by fans has ever been correct, and I respect anybody's opinion for it, as long as it's not just you know trolling or anything like that, and they're actually going to back up a point. But I understand people's perspective of it, and we have had a frustrated season. But I also think that um, another thing that's taken into account is you've got to give a lot of credit to our owners because when they first came in. They fired a lot of them, didn't they? Mm-hmm. You know, there was more firings on that than there was through The Apprentice uh, when they first came in. And we all know that, that inadvertently we was probably having our most horrible spell as a football club, but we went down to the depths of League One. But, you know, we know the great story since then. And I think they've seen how it's affected other clubs. I, I think I ever said on here or, or, or on, another, uh, on another show that I did, that if you look at it, the only managers that have got anywhere near the longevity we're used to seeing in the Premiership from successful teams, i.e. Ferguson, Wenger, is Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp. And like you said, you know, before, not just Rodgers, but certain managers only seem to get like a three to four year expiry mm. date. Then, you know, then you've got to chuck them out like mouldy milk. But I feel I mean, like Leicester, you know, owners have maybe gone more older. No, maybe we should give Brandon the chance. And well, I think they did before, and I think they learned the lesson very much yeah. from Nigel Pearson. Is yeah. the fact that they'd got rid of Sven, and we weren't particularly bad under Sven, but he had spent a lot when you look back, and we hadn't got yeah. into the playoffs. Nigel came back, got us into the into the playoffs. We lost terribly against Watford. Um, we all know one day he was sacked. Well, one Sunday evening he was sacked, and an hour later he wasn't. Um, but Top, it was Top who sort of convinced his dad to let um, Nigel stay. And look what happened the next season. 
we walk the yeah. walk the division. Uh, this is an interesting comment uh, comment from Mike. Mike says here, you're not a top four side, so why your fans think you are is a joke. Now, Mike, are you talking about Leicester fans there or Man United fans? Because I think that particular sentence at the moment applies to everybody. I mean, you I, know, Mike, if we look at, as I say, Mike, and you know I've said this, I'm not saying anything different. When you look at Man United before Ferguson, they were no better than Chelsea, than uh, Tottenham and Arsenal are now. They won the odd cup every now and again, but Liverpool were the dominant force. While you had Fergie, you were brilliant. I'm not going to deny it. Fergie's gone and you're back to a no better than a Spurs or an Arsenal. So, you know, I think it's I think it works better on both sides. And I think the fact that Manchester United players think that because they had that success under Fergie, that they should definitely we are now a top four side and we should be winning the league. And why aren't we? It took Liverpool 30 years to come back and win it, you know. So do you do you agree with that, Scott? Yeah, I do. Um, you know. I think every every Leicester fan will, will say that at the end of the day, we're not a top four side. We're nowhere near it. Um, but realistically, there's no harm in trying to compete for them sort of positions. And I think that's ideally where Leicester Leicester's sort of limit at the minute is is um, from sort of tenth place upwards towards the European places and that that's ideally where we want to be so obviously when we don't get results the way that we want them and things like that we do uh, seem to be disheartened and whatever um, mm. and you know sometimes temperature of, uh, tempers are free uh, especially towards the team and towards Brendan himself with some of the substitutions that he has made uh in previous games. They're not a top four side, are they, Man United, any more than we are. I mean, we've had two fifth-place finishes, but if you look at the amount of money that we've spent on our squad, ninth, tenth is probably where we should be. I mean, I know, obviously, the fact that it doesn't work that way, but... No, no, I think ninth, tenth is the minimum. Well, you know that that's like your seasonal objective. I think mm. that's your, that's your minimum seasonal objective with what we've spent on the squad. But yeah, my uh, my, I just want to kind of you know double back what 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 you two have already said, really, and, and just confirm that structure. I'm not sat here thinking, or any Leicester fan, to my knowledge, is sat here thinking we are a top four club. My point, my point was maybe it's been misconstrued or mis taken out of proportion I don't know what I'm saying is is Leicester a team that that's their you know you've got your minimum ambition which is ninth, 10th sort of area your main ambition which is a European spot which is down from 7th all the way up to 1st mm-hmm. and then you, 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 your big driving point and what we are as a club trying to build towards um, is the Champions League team and here's mm-hmm. the thing Manchester United fans might be able to argue that they finished in the top four. Maybe on paper that makes them what you could class a top four side, but what they are far from, and Man U fans are even saying it themselves, so don't come at me saying this isn't true or not, because I've heard it from the eye. They're not a Champions League squad. Certainly not, mm. let alone a Champions League winning squad. They're not, they've not got that, that calibre of your... They've, They've dropped right off the pace in that competition. So whilst they're still finishing in the top four every so often, look where they've been getting to, Europa League finals. So they don't come on here also then trying to say that Leicester fans are suddenly saying we're top four clubs. No, what we want is European. And Mm. obviously the dream would be top four. We get seventh. I'm absolutely elated. I'm telling you that now. But Man U fans maybe need to also look at their selves and go, we're not actually yeah. a top four club because you, you never get yeah. out of the groups. You've hit the nail on the head here with this point, Mike. The, the expectations of the club have been heightened too much after the league yeah. win and the FA Cup. Yeah. That's football fans for us. Like you say, you could say Man Ooh, United have been heightened too much by the success they had under Fergie. Yes, yeah. were Liverpool heightened too much under the success they had under the boot room managers. You know, there was a succession of manager went, assistant manager moved up. He went, the next assistant manager moved up. As soon as they got Soonis in and broke that, 
it started to go wrong. So, and all fans, I'm sorry these days, all fans are quick to get on the manager's back. The interesting thing I must say is I was looking in, and, you know, you could argue it's only the Sun, um, A. Scott, but the list of managers that are up for the chop in the sack race. I mean, you've got um, Rogers, but you've also got uh, Ragnar, well, Wreck-It Ralph at Man United. <laughs> he, he's up there as well. So, you know, it's, it's all across the board. But move, moving on, and we have got this this weekend, Wolverhampton Wanderers versus Leicester. And it is a uh, half-four kickoff, the last match on Sky. We could do the double over them, Scott. It's been a while. We don't think we've done a double over a team this season. We could, and I hope we do. I'm just a bit sceptical about our defence um, and probably the not so much the mindset of the players, but the attitude of wanting to win the match. Um, so, it, it, to me, it's going to be a very intriguing game. It could go either way because Wolves have, have been sort of in and out of form just recently. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm hoping that, you know, especially after the, I know we only played Randers, uh, but after playing them and getting a comfortable result, hopefully we can take that and move forward sort of thing. And, and I mean, Brad, um, looking, where are we going here? Let me just move this on. First game of the season. We beat Wolves 1-0. And I guess, really, if we're honest and take off... Um, take off Brandon's glasses, um, Bamba's glasses, sorry, the blue-tinted face man. Um, even then, the, the signs were there. Had Wolves had their shooting boots on in that game, we couldn't, we might not have even won that. And I don't think when we saw them playing, we think, well, this is going to be the last clean sheet we're going to keep for ages. Uh, no, no, it was definitely one of them games that was very misleading in, in, in the sense that Leicester, well, if Adama, Adama Traore wasn't allergic to goals, so much so that he's so, he's so good at being allergic to goals that um, Barcelona brought him um, <laughs> or loaned him or whatever the deal is. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be a, still going to be a difficult tie. Um, like we said, we haven't got a good record against Wolves at Molyneux, frustratingly. But wouldn't it sort of also be typical of this season that just when Leicester starts to find the form is after a performance in the Europa League conference and we break the kind of the voodoo of Molyneux and uh, go and sneak a, like a 2-1 win or something? I just feel like that's the sort of season we're having. You know, because when we don't expect us to win or struggle, we're going to beat them. You know, look at Liverpool at King Power. I don't know this is away from home, but wouldn't it be just... That nobody expects. Well, it would be typical Leicester, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, like you normally say, mate. I just thought. Yeah, <laughs> it would be. But I mean, Scott, is it just me? I mean, I'm kind of. There's been that many false dawns this year. I mean, the win over Man United, like, oh, that was a good start. We're going to get, we're going to go on and build on this now. Then there was the Liverpool at home in the league game. We eat it. Yeah, let's go. This is it. This is the changing point. I just don't know whether the, we, this is another false dawn or not. Uh, I, I'm sort I'm sort of like you to be honest, Chris. It's it's one of those that, um, especially with uh, our defence at the minute, because we've got so many defenders that are out injured um, or potentially coming back from injury. Mm. You know, we haven't got a settled back four. We haven't uh, had that consistency amongst the back four. Um, and, you know, that, that's kind of worrying with us being so far into the season. Um, so, you know, ideally, I think we've just got to go out all out attack and just, you know, in, instead of uh, previous games where we've sort of sat back, uh, passed it around the back and whatever else, this is a game where it, it, if we're going to turn our season around, we need to go full ball at Wolves and, you know, defend from the front. They always say, don't they, attack is the best form of defence. Yeah. But talking about defence, Brad, we said this, and we have to give credit where credit is due. Um, those of us that watch the, well, those of you that watch the post match, 
on Thursday. You may well have clipped it because it was the first time I said it all season. Vestergaard had a decent game. I mean, we can hope, and I, I really do hope for the guy, because like I say, he's had a really bad induction. And we know how Leicester fans hate to um, hate one player. They've got to have one player that they hate, whether it's Chilwell and you said, then it was Perez, now it's Vestergaard. But, he, you know, he's come in, he had his own injuries, he doesn't know who his partner's going to be one week to the next. It isn't a settled back back defensive line. Brendan has to change it for three, four, five, depending which players he's got available. But he had a solid game and he brought the ball out well, pinged it forward yeah. well. And fingers crossed that this is the at least if it's not the turnaround for Leicester, it could be for um for 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 uh, Vestergaard. Yeah, and like I said, it's almost as if Brendan's snub, uh, stubbornness breaking in his tactical ploy uh, has actually paid dividends more for the squad than we actually remembered because yeah. that's what Vestergaard's strength is at. Given the ball halfway into our half, uh, like a back pass where he's got time on the ball and he can get yeah. it out of his feet and he makes some good passes. Uh, he, he played tremendously well and maybe this is... You know, you remember early in the season where, you know, every, everything that Sorensu did turned to death because it either resulted in an own goal or a goal in some mm. form or it was a corner that was more deadly than the, the shot on target for some oppositions <laughs> this season. Um, and we said that, you know, maybe he needed some time out on the bench and, you know, he got given that and he came back and he's he's improved. Obviously, he still had his moments throughout the season, Sorensu, but he's improved since then. You know, it was always tough for Vestergaard because he came into a very settled team. Uh, he was an emergency buy because of the injury to Fafana. Uh, so he wasn't really expected to play much and the fans probably didn't hold him in much faith that he'd do well. So he came in with more pressure and maybe this was the game he needed. Like you said, Chris, he needed a game yeah. where it wasn't against the hardest of the opposition with, with all the respect you can give to Reinders. Uh, Randa, sorry, I'll pronounce it right, you know, and maybe he needs that. And who knows, maybe that's a confidence he needs. Maybe if Brendan holds to what he started against West Ham and what he continued against Randers and mm. has some playing that way, that he gets that freedom on the ball. He's not put yeah. under so much pressure and, and he can feel his way back into the team. I can remember Cooper. years and years ago when I was coaching one of my, well, I wasn't coach, I was, I, there was like three of us. There was a head coach and two assistant coaches of my, my kids' football team. I was I was McDonald's part one trained, which I always say was the Aztec Towards the end, the last two games, um, the coach said, right, you guys take one each sort of thing. And on the, on, on the second to last game, we hadn't won all season. I put the team out. I played in a certain way and we won 3-1. What nobody ever knew was, because they came up and told me as the manager, was that the opposing team couldn't put 11 players out and they could only brought, because they'd only got 10 fit players with them. I mean, you're talking about nine, 10 year old kids there. And I went, no, was it 11, 11, something like that. And I said, right, that's fine. If you're happy to play, he said, yeah, we've got, we've got to do it. And what have you never told my players, but they had that confidence of the fact that they'd actually won. It doesn't matter what, you know, what the circumstances were. Uh, I mean, Scott, I don't blame Vestergaard for that West Ham equaliser at all. You know, he's he, he a bit of a scapegoat for that, but it was Brendan that made the changes on that one. Exactly, Chris. At the end of the day, uh, you know, I, uh, I appreciate Vestergaard coming on and, you know, he, he, his job is to defend and whatever else. Mm. I get that. But at the end of the day, for me, um, like you say, it, Brendan's... Uh, tactical awareness, you know, maybe should have brought on someone else rather than Vestergaard at that particular point. Um, but, you know, it, it happens. It's football. Um, yeah. I just hope that, you know, if Vestergaard is going to start playing more regularly and is going to be playing against Wolves at the weekend, that he, 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 he builds on the performance that he made against Randers, and he does start to, instead of, you know, whether it's Brendan's tactics of passing it round the back or whatever, instead of doing that, he, he starts spawning these passes further forward up the pitch and, yeah. you know, starts releasing players a lot quicker because that that is effectively helping the squad 
attack mm-hmm. better, and you know it's given us more of a more of a potency about. I've got to be honest with you, I do wonder what other manager in that league could have done any better than uh, Brendan with the amount of injuries we've had all season. Like I said the other day, Brad will know. You know, I've said this, keep saying this. Uh, you know, at some point this season, we've had nine injuries to defensive players. Uh, not all of them at the same time, but two or three or four of them at the same time. And I do wonder what other manager out there could have done any better with that. I don't think there is, it, to be honest with you. David, good evening. No. Not going to lie, I'm worried about this one. Could see a 3-0 loss. I don't think so. And we'll come on to score predictions a bit later. But I, I'm actually feeling a, a little bit more confident after that performance. But Brad, this I mean, and it's pretty tight here. We've played each other nine times in the um, Premier League. They've won twice, we've won three, but we haven't won any away from home, like you said earlier. No, like I said, it's one of them grounds that we kind of hold as a voodoo. Um, there's a few that you probably name that we struggle to go to and win, Arsenal and, and like that, and these are clearly better than that because we haven't beaten them at home, at, at their ground, should I say, um, in the Premier League at least. In fact, I don't even remember if we've done the championships or what they'll tell me. We might have done it once or twice, but not many in the lower leagues. So they, they've always been a difficult opposition for us to, to face. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling more confident. I, you know, it, you see a performance like that. We were saying last night, it's all well and good having 24 shots and even more well and good having like about 12, 14 of them on target. But, you know, with the Leicester form they're on, if they come away from that from a 2-1 win, they might have been like, oh, well, we got... They'd have been acting more like, oh, got the win and... Oh, that was lucky. We needed that, but now that you could see, I you know you watch their interviews as well that that they're they're absorbing that result for what it is, and I'd like to think that we go in there with a lot more purpose. Again, as long as we don't go back to that structured defensive line and we do maintain that high tempo and high press, that I don't see why we can't get something out of this. I'm not sitting here in fear as I and dread of this game as I was before the Randers game. I mean, I said to you, didn't I, Chris? Yeah. At half-time was the first time I was, this season, I actually went into it going, well, I'm still mm. confident we'll win it, despite that yes. goal. And that, that that's a feeling that we've not had all season. Yeah. So hopefully we can... Fingers crossed. Uh, Simon, how the devil are you, sir, from Premier Hotspur TV? I'm sure you've come in to give me a little bit of... Um, uh, <laughs> bit, bit of get a bit of revenge on me, because I'd just popped into uh, Simon's channel before we went live here while I was waiting. I think I asked him what he was doing last night because they certainly weren't playing in Europe. Uh, <laughs> I think I think we were. Sorry, Simon. It has to be said. Has to be said. Uh, I mean, you, you, in that in that competition, you weren't even third, mate. You know, Charlie. Good evening. How are you? Uh, Roger Zonal marking bad substitutions and insisting on playing Perez early on and Madison when he wasn't fit have been the problems. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can say, I mean, he, he had two seasons where he got everything right. He's tried to maybe do something different with what he's got, because we have got a lot of injuries, asking why he had to bring Madison back so soon. Maybe there wasn't any other players available, but I do get what you mean. Um, coming to you, Scott, um, this is the form. I mean, unfortunately, I did have to do this um, before the game last night. So it doesn't show the fact that Leicester... Um, of one at all uh, last night, but we had a win on. We dropped the win off the bottom, so we know, we know better off. We still only won one in the last five. Wolves aren't on a bad run of form, are they? No, they're not at all. Um, and I think I think that's where we've got to. Um, that's where we've got to pressure Wolves rather than sit back and let them come on to us. Um, it's going to be one of those that uh, if we go from the word go and we really try and get into Wolves and put their defence, you know, at risk sort of thing, it might just take the pressure off us and we might see a, a better result um, than if we if we sort of sit back and, and let them come on to us. Um, you know, I'm hoping that we get a good result out of this. Hmm. What about you, Brad? Looking at that there, Wolves, they are on... And I thought I had them down for um, struggling this season, but 
large, log, whatever you want to call him, he's he stepped into Nuno's shoes very well. He's probably doing a better job than Wolves would. What most Wolves fans would probably tell you is he's doing better than Nuno. They're they're obviously delighted with him. And look, he's having a great season, and then they're probably going to end the season really well as well. I, I guarantee they're going to be European Cup come next season. And I wouldn't see it being any lower than the Europa League, the way they're going. But all for good things do come to an end. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel confident. I, I wouldn't mind a draw away from home. Um, it'd be something to go on. Uh, it would be um, it'd be a very good point to earn. Uh, unfortunately, now, you know, Leicester's fate is out of their own hands in a way. We have to... We have to hope teams around us are dropping points if we're going to make that charge for, say, seventh. Mm. Um, but this wouldn't be a bad one to get a point from. Um, you know, it'd make us undefeated in three games, technically. You just yeah. need to start getting a win sooner as possible. But, um, yeah, I'm feeling confident of a positive result for Leicester in this one. Yeah, Randy Madison is fine. Um, he just felt a bit unwell. I didn't even see him collapse, to be honest with you, but uh, he collapsed off the ball. They were feeling his pulse, which didn't look a good sign, but he did walk off, which was a good sign. And yet he's fine. And I think he'll probably even be in the squad for Wolves uh, uh, on Sunday. Uh, Spurs comes back and does at least we didn't get dumped out of the FA Cup from Nottingham Forest. I do take that. But then again, but then again, Simon... When did you last win the FA Cup? Do you remember when we last won the FA Cup, Scott? Oh, not not too long ago. Is it? I'm well, sure it was quite recently, it? wasn't it? Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Simon. You can do better than that, mate. Yeah. Uh, at, at, least, at least we didn't get knocked out of the European Conference, you know, the Spurs dodging cup. It's good, good well, to see your European passports weren't needed, lads. Yeah. <laughs> and they, um, they actually got kicked out of it. How embarrassing. Is that yeah, how bad get... can you be? How can how bad can you be in Europe when even in your last game you haven't already qualified from your group, so you lose it? And that that that's Spurs esque for you. It is. It is. That's the table as you can see there, Scott. Eleventh um, for Leicester. We've got we've got a couple of games in those uh, a couple of straight ahead of us, but twenty seven points. I think in a normal season. Um, We'd probably be sort of more down like 15th, 16th with our form. But, you know, the table's a bit odd at the moment because everybody's played different games. But Wolves, 10 points ahead of us and well done to them. They've won 11. And I I think Wolves could be an outside bet for Europe this season. Uh, look, at the end of the day, you can't take anything away from Wolves and the manager, uh, large, you know... If they do make uh, European competition next season, fantastic. They, they well and truly deserve it. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping that Leicester did the double on them, get the massive three points that's needed, just so we keep that momentum going into the Randers game on Thursday next week. Mm. Well, fingers crossed. I mean, looking at that table, Brad, is it as bad as we're all thinking? I mean, it is a little bit still bad because we are still probably way off the mark of where we want it to be points-wise. Um, league position-wise, obviously, that point against West Ham just showed you. we drew. I mean, in the space of uh, half a result, we went from like 12th to 16th back up to 11th. So it shows you it is quite tight from around Leicester's area, probably down all the way down to mm. Southampton, Everton sort of areas. Not Southampton, they're, they're, they're really above us, Brad. I meant, you know what I meant? Yeah. I meant like down there, down on that end. But we're probably still a little bit disappointed in, in our overall tally. We'd probably like to be in and around the early 30s at least. Yeah. Because that, that's the problem we're facing now is we've got to have, I wouldn't say a flawless second half of the season by any stretch of the imagination, but the room for error or drop points, should I say, becomes mm. a bit more critical because we have got a bit more of a bigger gap that I'd like to see. Like I said, if we got 30, 32 points, I'd feel a bit more better, but 
it's not all doom and gloom that sat where we are right now. No, I mean Scott. I mean we're we're ten points off a possible European place. We're ten points off the bottom three, so I don't think we're in danger of going down at all. But I think, as I say, for me, I'm kind of looking at this league now, thinking, well, we're joint favourites to win the Conference League. That means nothing because we're joint favourites to win the Europa League, of course. Um, and it's just one of those seasons when nothing's gone our way. We've had two really good seasons. We're having an you got to say an average season. I don't think we've had a bad. If we had a bad season, we'd be down where we were under Ranieri at this stage, which was seventeenth, eighteenth. We're not. So you got to say it's an it's an average season, uh, and you, sometimes you, they, they just happen. Yeah, they do, Chris. You know, when you look at the heights of when Brendan took us over from. Uh, was it 2018 that he came in and hmm. um, and he got us up to ninth and then two seasons that he's had a full uh summer transfer window he's got us uh in fifth place so you know you look at that and then look at all the injuries look at um obviously covid and everything like that um and really you know Looking at the table as it is, I, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I am a bit deflated that Leicester's not higher up in the table. But when you look at, the, you know, the consequences and everything that it, we've had to come up against, um, realistically, yeah, I suppose we could be a little bit better. Um, but, you know, 11th place, 11th place isn't so bad at the minute. We've still got a couple of games in hand. We could still... Uh, me further up the table with the teams we've still got to play. Last time we were in that position of 11th, uh, Brad Prell was in charge. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think people need to maybe remember it was a lot worse. Um, although the football recently had been, up until last night, and like I said, against West Ham, had been mm. reminiscent of the Poel era, and that was probably frustrating fans more. It was kind of like fans were trying to say to Brendan, mate, we've seen this. We can't do this football for whatever reason. Don't try it. It doesn't work. It's not the Leicester way. Go back to what you were doing last season, please. And I kind of get it. Maybe Brendan felt with the drastic things that happened with the club, i.e. with the injuries, etc. Maybe he felt drastic measures were needed with what was available to us week in, week out, which wasn't a lot, um, let's face it. So you can understand maybe why Brendan wanted to do something so we had an emergency plan B. Unfortunately, the emergency plan B was um, nowhere near as good uh, no, as he no. probably hoped on the pitch. So um, as long as lessons are learned now, though, I'm looking forward to what's coming ahead. Yeah. Um, I mean, Burnley keeps saying, Dan keeps saying at Burnley, we were a second half of the season sort of team. It isn't over by a long chalk and a lot can happen and we have got players coming back. Uh, just a little message, I don't know if Simon's still in, he's probably not, but just a little quick mental message for you there, Simon. I think it probably says all that it needs to be said. Uh, I don't think we need to go any further on that. We're going to be talking score predictions and we'll be back straight after this. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favourite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. Yeah, please give us a subscribe if you are watching on YouTube. If not, get over to YouTube, Lester Till I Die TV and give us a subscribe. We would be very grateful. Um, These predictions were, were done, I've got to be honest with you, before the Randers game. But I think, in fairness, I don't think there'd be a lot different post-Randers because you've got to look at Randers and go, you know, it wasn't a Premier League standard team. Uh, but I've gone 2-2. Um, Ian Marshall and Steve Walsh have both gone 1-1. Uh, Jerry Taggart's gone 2-1. Steve Lynx 2-0. And Ian Wilson, 0-0. Scott, nobody's gone for a Leicester win. <laughs> I'm not really surprised when you look at obviously the stats that you put up earlier that you know neither team has gone and won away from home um, in this fixture sort of thing. Yeah, uh, anyone's 
anyone on the panel um, have decided that Leicester are going to win this. Um, however, I'm going to go 2-1 to Leicester. That's what I like to hear. Somebody, somebody's backing us. I don't know Brad will back us. Yeah, I, I do. I think I think this would be the best way to kind of give a perfect league response to show that we're 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 gonna play a way that gets us back to our best and what Leicester fans are used to seeing. Mm. Um I don't see a reason why we can't play that football against um Wolves and catch them cold. Um I'm gonna go even bolder than uh, than than you, Chris, uh, and and a new Scott, and I'm gonna go for a da- a, a, a Pats and Daka double in a Leicester two nil win, country and all. Well, that 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 precedes my next question then, because um, you obviously stick with Daka up front, um, yeah. And I'm not even going to say pick a team because I just don't know what the defensive line is going to be like. I've given up on picking the starting eleven because <laughs> you don't know. You know, let's face it, we could have uh, Jamie Vardy comes back fit and it puts him in defence. So we, we can't say. Uh, but certainly the front, do you see it as a front three or a front two? I'm going to stick with you first, Brad, because you've already mentioned Dakar. I think he sticks as a front, front three. I think... I think, you know, again, it was an impressive performance by the likes of Barnes, Lutman and and, and Dakar. And even in the action when he comes on, I think we've got to the expectancy now that when it's a one-man up front, it's going to be Dakar over in the actual, uh, quite clearly. Um, so, yeah, I just don't see how Dakar's not in that team. I mean, in the actual, didn't do a lot wrong, bless him, when he came on. In fact, he was quite good and could have scored himself, but you pick it off the basis. Daka got a goal, was involved a lot. You know, I just don't see it being in actually starting in, in, in a in a front three. I think it'll be Lutman, Barnes, and Daka as a front three. It it worked well, and they all got taken off at some point during the game to give them a rest, probably for Sunday. Agree with that, Scott? I mean, obviously when Inacho came on, he did look good and nearly set up Luckman. Um, yeah, I, I do agree. I, I don't see Brendan changing that, or at least I hope he doesn't change it. Um, I I do understand that Iniacho, when he does come on, um, he, he can change a game. But I think for him to start a match, especially with the form that Daka does, ten, uh, does seem to be in just recently, um, all right, he might not be scoring all of the time, but he is creating chances for other uh, other teammates. So for me, um, Daka still gets in front of him. And I think, like Brad has said, um, putting Luckman and Barnes on either side of him just gives us that bit more um, attacking presence. Um, yeah. and, and hopefully he'll be, he'll be able to pin back their defence um, to be able to give us more chances. Yeah, no, agree totally. Um, if they Mike's gone two one Wolves, and yeah, I've got a, I've, 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 there's a team that I'd rather be playing now. I've got to be honest with you. Um, Scott and Brad, thank you both so much for, for coming on. Hope your son's um, okay, you. Scott and um, Brad. Thank you for jumping on as well. Um, I'm going to be over on Turf Moor at nine, uh, Turf Moor House TV with a prediction show, and then it's me and Brad back. Sunday afternoon, forget songs of praise, 7.30. Let's hope we're talking about a Wolves win, Brad. Thanks very much, guys. We're not talking about a Wolves win. Did I say a Wolves win? Yes. Oh, God, that's a fraudulent slip, isn't it? Hey, I'll get blamed now. (laughs) Remember, Um, Chris, don't watch along. All I'm saying is, didn't didn't do a watch along, we're not lost. No, this is uh, this is well true, true. Mike, yeah, this is my community service on a Friday night. I have to go over and go on Dan's show. It's part of my community service. Um, brilliant, right? Thanks, guys. Um, speak to you soon, Scott, and I'll see you as I say. Instead of songs of praise, hopefully discussing a Leicester win, Brad. Yeah, take two. There we go. Well done, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> it's my age. Just blame my age. Just blame my age. Thanks, God, guys. Speak to you soon. See you later. Cheers a lot.
Oh, there we go. Thanks to the guys there for that. So let's just go through some comments here. Um, Facebook user, not sure who you are, um, but today's boys with the announcements, hopefully others will follow. But Tillemans, however you spell it, I think we've accepted he's off. But awesome news. I think he is. I think he is going to be off, uh, unfortunately. But uh, he goes with our good wishes. So let's just have a look because I, I let the guys go before I did this because otherwise they'd just be sat there um, staring at the screen. But let's have a look at some did you knows. Um, let me just get this onto a screen where I can read it. Um so uh, where are we here? There we go. So Leicester City have kept a clean sheet in each of their last five league meetings with Wolverhampton Wanderers. <laughs> Jason, good evening. Sorry, you caught me laughing there. I'm, I'm Leicester have kept. I was going to say this again here. Leicester have kept a clean sheet in each of their fast. Oh, sorry, of their last five league meetings with Wolverhampton Wanderers. I've, I've just, I've got to play this. I really have. Viewers, <laughs> apologize. I'm continue. <laughs> to be done, I'm afraid, guys. Haven't seen him for a while. Nice to have him back. Clean sheet. Well, God, I tell you what, I don't think if we were sponsored by Andrex, we could keep a clean sheet. Uh, they, they last had a longer run of consecutive clean sheets against an, oppo against an opponent, was against Barnsley, uh, seven, between 97 and 2009. Uh, while Wolves had a longer run of failing to score against the side versus Brighton and Hove, Albion between 80 and 84. Do we think we're going to get a clean sheet? Oh, no, we're not. Oh, yes, we are. Um, it's just, so I'd forgotten I'd done that, and it just made me laugh when it came up. Uh, things have to change. The Foxes won the reverse fixture, I say, on the opening day of the season 1 0. Um, they lasted the league double over Wolves in 95-96 in the second tier. Uh, Wolves haven't conceded more than once in any of their last 12 Premier League matches since a 2-0 defeat against Crystal Palace in November. Only twice in their league history have they had longer such runs. Uh, I don't know if that one's going to continue tomorrow. And here we go. Four of uh, Ralph Jimenez's five Premier League goals for Wolves this season have ended up being the match winner. Uh, overall, 46% of his goals in the competition have been winners, 18 out of 39. In the competition's history of players with at least 30 goals, only Rob Lee has a higher ratio of winning strikes at 50%. Mm. You, you don't think he could, he could sort of just catch COVID before Sunday, do you? Not that I'm wishing him ill. <laughs> I'm wishing him ill at all, of course. Who um, <laughs> are Deportivo playing this weekend? You're the expert on the Deportivos, Mike. You know. <laughs> um, and it says I haven't changed the slide. No, I was reading it out as well. But there you go. There you go. Um, so um, if you if you haven't actually, if you don't know what Dan's talking, I'm uh, sorry, Dan, if you don't know what Mike is talking about regarding Deportivo, go on to the Leicester City website. Uh, no, sorry, the Leicester Till I Die website on YouTube. So Leicester Till I Die TV. Go on to YouTube, look under latest videos, and it's called It's a Funny Old Game. And it was a quiz that Mike was in. Um, let's just have a quick reminder, shall we? Can't follow that one. Dick Paradise oh, or Rod Fanny? Uh, the correct answer is Rod Fanny to play for Marseille. Ooh, yeah, you know your Fanny. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it went on like that for most of the quiz, I'll tell you. Mike, I couldn't resist it, mate. Um, <laughs> it was, you've, got to, you've got to put your brain into gear first, like I just did with, with Wolves. Guys, 9 o'clock, jump on over to Turf Morehouse TV on YouTube. Um, give him a subscribe and a like. He's a great guy doing a great channel, and it's the prediction show. It's basically the same as the ones we did earlier in the week, but on his channel. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not putting that up again, Mike. I'm not. Um, I don't know if I can really move that, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good laugh. And please, please, like I say, thank you for watching. Thank you for joining in. Thank you to Mike for coming in and modding. Uh, really do appreciate it, Mike, and giving up your time. And um please, if you say you're on YouTube, Blessed Light ITV, give us a subscribe, smash the likes as well. And if you are listening on catch up. And listening rather than watching on your favorite podcast platform, including Amazon, Apple iTunes, Google, Spotify, and Podcast Addict. Thank you so much. The podcast goes from strength to strength. I'm off to have a rub down with the Daily Mail, and I will see you at nine o'clock over on Turf's channel. Good night. And remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Lester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and all podcast platforms. The Lester Till I Die shop is now open. For all your Lester Till I Die merchandise, visit the Lester Till I Die shop at our website. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.